0: Good evening, sports world. What is happening? Chris Dell here, host of the Family Feud Sports Podcast on Go Baller FFS. Here to bring you our weekly Go Baller FFS Quick Rants Podcast. Sitting here with my co-host slash father, a.k.a. the godfather, Mr. Allen Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, and jumping into Mr. Allen Dell's rant of the week. And you got a little bit of Steelers beef on your plate tonight for dinner. So what what you got cooking up with Mr. Mike Tomlin and the gang over there in Pittsburgh?
1: Well, you know, first of all, you have two surefire Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Drew Brees, New Orleans. And they both lost. And and you really have to make a good case that it was their coaches that took them down. So when either of their head coaches, when they're done coaching and they're brought up Hall of Fame credentials, Maybe they ought to point to this weekend. I mean, Mike Tomlin seems like a good guy. Uh, good football mind. But the big criticism on him is he's too emotional. He can't make decisions during game, especially at cru- crucial times. And he really blew it. Uh, you know, when... Uh, well, they say game manager, yeah, right? Yeah. And,
0: and he did not manage the game well, at the end. Well, I mean, well, what was that? calling On onside kick when yeah. you don't have to do it? Why would you do that? Uh, you know... Pittsburgh
1: came within seven points. There was two minutes, 16 seconds left. they had two timeouts left, but the two-minute warning. The best thing to do was to kick the ball deep. Uh, the other team would have taken. Jacksonville would have taken over on the on their 20, first and ten. They would have run the ball twice and maybe three times. They weren't going to throw the ball to end down in their own territory. And and then all uh, Pittsburgh had, had to do was was,
0: well, they would have had a chance. I mean, you look at the game at the box score, at least from the game, and you think that you you say before the Jacksonville Pittsburgh Steelers matchup that Big Ben's going to throw for five touchdowns, one interception and 469 yards with a passer rating of 110.5 at home Heinz Field against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You would have been crazy to say that with that stat line, the Jacksonville Jaguars would win this game. But you know, yet they still won the game yeah, 45 big, 42. Big
1: ben gave up 14 points. He fumbled the ball. It was turned into a touchdown. And then he threw a pick. He threw an interception that was later converted into, into touchdown. a touchdown. Yeah. So he gave up 14 points. But again, Tomlin should have kicked the ball deep. He would have gotten the ball. Instead of. Jacksonville kicking a field goal, which put the game out of reach. They would have had a punt, and they would have had a shot. Pittsburgh would. I don't know why he did it. He said he did not trust his defense to stop Jacksonville, and that makes no sense. They're backed up on their own 25, 20, whatever.
0: Look, I mean, this is a team that they lost Shazier earlier in the year. Obviously, he was one of their top, if not their top, defender, but you still can't give up on your entire defense against a, you know, mediocre Jacksonville offense at best in this situation. I mean, Todd Haley now is out at offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Uh, maybe a rift between him and Big Ben, but obviously that's a move Tomlin's got to put his name on, put his stamp on.
1: Yeah, Ben said he didn't want any changes in the offense. Uh, he didn't want. He didn't think it'd be good. It'd be better to keep the continuity. But it wasn't his decision, apparently. But but Tomlin really, he was disappointed, and, and, and everybody was just flabbergasted when he decided to try it. By the way, that onside kick was the worst in the world. Uh... It was an absolute
0: travesty. I think that's what they call what uh, I don't know if they call it back in your day, but we call it in my day a a brain fart. It was when you completely don't think of the most common sense thing to do, which is just go for a regular kickoff. It's not like there was a minute left in the game and you had to get the ball back. And this goes back to the point of my rant from last week, which was the locker room culture between the Steelers and the Patriots. And calling out Le'Veon Bell. And Antonio Brown, for his past, you know, little nuances and things that he's done were taking out the phone during private team meetings and talking too much to the media. And Le'Veon Bell doing that, especially last week, talking about his looming contract and future in the league, threatening to retire after the season. Basically, everyone talking about the Patriots. That's what people are saying. All we do in the organization in the locker room is Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. Well, you forgot to talk about the Jaguars, and they came in and beat you. I mean, it's as simple as that because the Patriots don't do that. And that's yeah. the difference between these two teams. I think
1: the worst thing Le'Veon Bell did was talk about the fact that they were going to win, uh, saying that, well, the second week of the playoffs, we got so-and-so. That that was the worst thing it could have been. Even though I think in the end, I don't know how much that stuff really means when you get out on the field because... Again, if Ben doesn't throw a pick and if he doesn't fumble the ball, but that Jacksonville has a great defense. But it, Mike Mike Thomas took away their their last chance to win. Well, those
0: that locker room culture culture is a pure reflection of the head coach in that locker room, and there's an obvious difference between him him and Bill Belichick. And we'll be right back with part two, a quick. Sports World, welcome back to part 2 of our NFL Quick Rants podcast, our NFL playoff special Quick Rants podcast. Sitting here with the Godfather, Mr. Allen Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer. I'm your host Chris Dell, the mad journalist and jumping into our second NFL rant of the week and the other losing team from what an amazing Sunday of the divisional round it was last week, the New Orleans Saints Dropping a 29-24 to 24 decision to the Minnesota Vikings. Call it the Minnesota Miracle, the Minneapolis Miracle, whatever you want to call it. An amazing play. Case Keenum connecting with Stephon Diggs and scoring that unbelievable touchdown to give the Vikings the win. But what about your boy, Mr. Sean Payton, and the coaching job that he did? Not only calling a timeout towards the end of the game and giving the Vikings time to put a play together... But also, what was he telling his players to do on the field? You got the rookie Marcus Williams coming out of nowhere, not even missing the tackle, but avoiding the play altogether, taking his teammate out of it, which led to even the Vikings having a chance to score that improbable touchdown. I mean, talk about Mike Tomlin having a brain fart in a gaffe. I mean, what is that if Sean Payton's doing this? And then you mentioned the fans getting him on camera and on video camera, on photos, mocking the Vikings' skull chant to the 10th row of the fans behind the coach's sideline. I mean, does this guy think he's a player, that he should be on the field, or what? Is Sean Payton supposed to be, quote-unquote, one of the smartest coaches in the league? I mean, you must combine that with one of the most immature and ignorant coaches in the league at the same time, because this guy's out of control. I mean i i'm not saying he's on the hot seat or anything but man if i was a gm or or the owner of that team i wouldn't put up with that crap in a second what what are your what's your take on this mr allendale
1: yeah i think he just he needs to decide whether he wants to be a cheerleader or a coach but let's look at that last play poor marcus williams yeah he he messed up he he, he just didn't have it together he made a mistake um, and as you said he took out his teammate that might have made the the tackle and prevented that last touchdown But here's the thing many people are wondering about, and so do I. Peyton rushed four guys on that play. It made no sense. There were 11 seconds left. If you rush three or even two, but let's just say three, you have more defenders to cover the pass. Let him run. Let the clock run out on Minnesota. So if they complete a pass, there's no time left to kick a field goal. By rushing four guys, they put the pressure on Case Keenum. He had to get rid of the ball. So even if the pass was, you know, even if the pass Digs who caught the pass ran out of bounds, there still would have been time to kick a field goal. It made no sense. He had two linebackers about 10 yards off the off the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field with covering space. It was really a poorly designed defense. I, I know he told he. We hope he told Marcus Williams the last thing he can do is get a pass interference. So let him catch the ball. And then bring him down or tackle him, hold him. There were a couple of other defenders around. that could have gotten over there, but Marcus Williams just panicked. Uh, it's unfortunate, and I want to I want to applaud this, um, the excuse me the Saints fans because a lot of them uh, gave him a lot of support.
0: Well, he should. I mean, he's a, he's a rookie. Yeah. And, and any type of instructions or rules you're supposed to be, that, that's pure coaching. That's a yeah. pure reflection of the coaching staff and the head coach, yeah. a.k.a. Sean Payton. Well,
1: the, unfortunately, there was nobody behind him. He was the last man, and uh, he was in a bad situation. I don't know. He did have an interception earlier in the game, he had a great year.
0: Well, he finished the game with uh, five tackles, three solo. And um, I'm not sure what the rest of his stat line was in the game, but he's had a solid season overall. And you look at the fact you mentioned it earlier today is looking at that play from the you know satellite view or the overhead view is that, there was, there, no, there was no linebackers covering the deep middle in that play. Yeah. So, regardless, I mean, he Stephon Diggs caught the ball in the 34-yard line. That would have been a 51-yard 50, field goal if he was pushed out of bounds. So maybe Corbat Forbath makes it. Maybe Kai Forbath misses it. We don't know what would have happened in that situation. But you're Sean Payton. You're supposed to have the brains, the smarts, the puts to be able to make clutch decisions in those clutch moments. And mocking the fans, getting what he deserved according to the fans, then he got what he deserved, and then Peyton saying after the after the game, the quote unquote, it was good playoff fun. So I don't know if you can brush it off that easily, but the head coach can't be the one doing the mocking and uh, and and the the mocking of the chance on the sideline. I mean, that's unacceptable. Yeah, I, I think I think this is worse than Mike Thomas' situation.
1: I, I, a lot of ways, I, I would agree, and I don't know who met, who put the defense out there and the alignment it was in. Maybe it was Dennis Allen, defense coordinator, but Sean Payton's the head coach. He had final say, and they did call a timeout. Uh, uh, I, I think that, that game was more, and more of a blunder by the Saints than a great play by the Vikings.
0: A loss that will live in infamy for Saints fans, that's for sure. We'll be back with an NBA quick rant. Sports World Anchor World. Thank you for tuning in to Go Baller FFS. We appreciate your ear and getting ready to drop our first NBA Quick Rants podcast of the season of the 2018 calendar year. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist sitting here with Mr. Allen Dell, the godfather and jumping into my NBA beef of the week and the melee that happened in the Clippers and Rockets game on Monday night on the MLK Classic Slate. And now we got some suspensions. Officially breaking news from ESPN and other sports outlets out there is that Trevor Ariza and Gerald Green of the Rockets will be suspended two games apiece. No penalties and no suspensions for Chris Paul, James Harden, and Blake Griffin. Lots of technical fouls in that game. Lots of bumping, lots of shoving, lots of beefing. And my beef is with the Rockets to think that this team Rockets fans out there in Houston, Rockets Nation, that you think your team actually has a chance to win the NBA championship, you are mistaken, and you are mistaken by a long shot, my friends. Sorry if I'm offending any Houston sports fans here, but look, Rockets are second in the West, 30-12 and overall. They got the NBA's leading scorer in James Harden. It seems like they got the pieces together now with Chris Paul and that organization and maybe the best backcourt in the NBA. I beg to differ on that one. That's a whole other story for another day. When you look at leadership in the locker room, we talked about in our NFL Quick Rants podcast, whether it's Mike Tomlin not getting these guys to shut up when the media asks them questions in the locker room, whether it's the Saints and you got the coach mocking the fans in the stands, and then you see poor play on the field, It's sloppy field play as a result of sloppy coaching, and 99% of the time, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, you name the sport, etc., those types of things are a reflection of Mike D'Antoni, of not being a disciplined coach, and Mike D'Antoni... Can say you you suffered through him when he was with the Knicks, and that he is maybe the most overrated coach in the NBA. And I'm going to double down on that and say that James Harden. I told you this before, and I've ran on this many times off the air. James Harden is the most overrated player the NBA has seen since 2000. In the last 20 years, this is the most overrated player. The NBA and the sports world has seen. You heard it here first, sports world. I don't care what he's averaging this season. I don't care he's averaging a career-high 9-plus assist, the fact that he's in consideration for the MVP award is based on pure stats in the regular season alone. I'm going to give you a little bit of a history lesson. The first time James Harden made the NBA Finals was back in 2012 with the the Oklahoma City Thunder when they still had Russell Westbrook and a young Kevin Durant. This guy was supposed to be the X-Factor, the third-best player, the guy who could lift them over the top against LeBron James and Dwayne Wade with the Heat, right? He absolutely disappeared, missed wide open layups, airballed three pointers, missed free throws, didn't play defense, was not there. He finally gets his contract with the Rocket, he put rockets, he puts up points, and what has he done in the playoffs? Absolute squat. James Harden the only reason the Rockets will do anything let alone win a single series in the playoffs this year is because of Chris Paul and nothing else and I and I give props to Harden and Paul for being quote-unquote peacemakers in this situation I don't know if they really were or not I hope that they would be because if you're a leader on a team that has serious title aspirations you don't let that stuff happen you don't even let Ariza get into the locker room and get that mad. you got to stand up and be a leader, let alone on the court playing defense, which Harden does not do. But I, I've ranted enough on this, Mr. Dell. Give your two cents. What is wrong with the Houston Rockets, if anything, or am I completely off base here with all this trash talking, man?
1: Well, I, I thought you were going to talk about the fight. <laughs> But apparently you got caught off on James Harden. I got, I got a hardened beef, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, Mike D'Antoni, uh, I think he's a horrible coach. Yeah. He doesn't coach defense. Yes, he can put up points, but they, his teams never go anyplace. And most of his teams seem like they're in disarray. I mean, he had a problem at uh, when he was with the Knicks. Even though you can blame a lot of that on Melo. Well, let's not talk about his time with the Lakers, huh? Yeah. Well, the Lakers—that was a travesty, but. Uh, yeah, he doesn't like the coach's defense. Uh, the thing he had a little success when he had Steve Nash running his offense, because Nash gave a lot of stability to that. That was embarrassing. That incident It's not. That would be been embarrassing for a junior high basketball team, but to have a bunch of professionals. Whether it was two or four going in the other team's locker room is totally embarrassing. They got off lightly with a two-game suspension. The Rockets aren't going anyplace. They might win a series. It'll be like last year. If the
0: Rockets play the Spurs or the Timberwolves in the second round, they will get a gentleman's sweep, which means they will win one game maximum in that series. You heard it here. The most overrated team in the NBA, the most overrated player in the NBA. All right. We are back here with the final segment of our Go Baller FFS Quick Rants Podcast. Now. Ranting about the NBA, the sport we love most here on Go Baller FFS. We appreciate your ear. If you're listening here on our anchor station, please call in. Let us know what is your biggest sports beef of the week, whether it's football, basketball, some with your favorite player, team, etc. Call in, let us know, and we'll get the conversation going and the beef cooking. And now on to Mr. Allen Dell, a.k.a. The Godfather's weekly Knicks rant, the state of the New York Knicks, and the state of the Garden. What are you beefing on? What are you ranting on with your beloved New York Knicks and the unicorn they call Chris Stapp's Porzingis?
1: Well, they're losing now, and I'm actually feeling good about that for two reasons. Number one, <laughs> it'll give them hopefully a lottery pick in the draft. And I, as I have predicted, Jeff Hornacek will be gone as a Knicks coach. He will not coach them next year. I predicted he would be gone at the All-Star break. Or at the end of the season, either way. I just don't see him surviving, surviving. So you
0: got this big bottle of wine in the fridge, a big bottle of some yeah. delicious white Zin, and you promised not to open it until Hornacek got fired. That bottle's still sitting in there, man. Well, yeah, when actually, are you popping that uh, thing open?
1: Actually, I already did. I had a few drinks
0: out of that. Okay.
1: But uh, you look at this team. Okay, Willie Hernan Gomez, he needs to be playing. He was a first-team all-rookie selection. He's wasting away on the bench. It makes no sense. It's th- uh, the Knicks aren't going anyplace. Instead, they're they're playing Kylo Quinn. He, he's not going to be around. Jared <laughs> Kyle Jack Quinn. Jagger Jared Jack's getting all kinds of minutes, and he's not doing bad. But he's not going he's not going to be around for the future. Frank Nilakina needs to play. Oh, And and here's a question What what do you do With Mike Beasley I mean that guy Is a scoring machine He's only playing Maybe uh, 18 19 minutes a game And he's averaging Almost 13 a game And that includes Some games Where he played Two or three minutes He's
0: having a resurgence To say the least This season
1: Hornacek does not know what to do with him and, and it's, he doesn't know what to do with a lot of players i think jockey noah should be out there he can play some defense
0: and he's healthy now so he can get back on the court right at yeah, least give you he, a few minutes yeah, here and there yeah,
1: he doesn't want to play him uh okay tim hardaway jr is back i, I really question him J- tim hardaway jr is a good a good decent Player, He's not a star. He's not the second. He shouldn't be the second leading scorer of a team. He likes to jack up those threes from uh, outside the, the world, it seems like, from another planet. He's shooting about 30%. Steph even, Curry like, threes right there. Yeah, even though in the first game he did hit a four out of seven, but he's not going to do that. He'll go back to shooting about 30%. And you don't need that. Here's But the, here's my biggest beef with Jeff Hornacek. The team doesn't play hard. There are too many lapses out there. With a, like They look like they're sleeping. Their defense his lost, and, and, and it's, got, it's got to go back to the coach. It, it has to reflect on him. I think uh, uh Porzingis, I think he should help him out a little bit more on offense. I, I think sometimes Porzingis doesn't work hard enough to get open, doesn't run the floor, but but at the same time, I've seen it open, and, and people won't pass on the ball. It's, it's just a uh, I don't know what kind of court vision I've seen Jared Jack look. I saw a game the other night, Jared Jack had the ball in the wing, and Porzingis was wide open right right inside the key, and above the foul, and there was nobody near him. Jack looked at I mean, he looked at him, I could see it, and he passed the ball on the other side of the wing.
0: That was, that's been happening a lot this yeah. season. I mean, you look at the Knicks, they came into that game against the Brooklyn Nets on Monday for MLK Day. They had lost 10 at 12 going into that game. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. This is a team, you know, they've won two out of their last eight games. So... Where's this team headed? Because when you look at the Eastern Conference standings, you could say they're still in the mix. I mean, 20 and 24 is good enough for three games out of the eight seed. No, no, no,
1: I'd rather see them get they get a lottery pick.
0: Well, I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Mister Allen Dell, because NBA Draft Net's got the New York Knicks picking 14th and in drafting Bruno Fernando out of Maryland. So is that yeah. that's not going to save you next season, man? I definitely
1: won't save us. All. So,
0: so what, what what are we going to expect here? You know, what what's it going to take for the Knicks to improve and or get Hornacek? Can
1: well they got to get a new coach they have to get rid of Hornacek who that new coach will be I, I mean they I, need Fisdale
0: in there that's who they need
1: but uh, the defense they can't cover the three and they they have poor outside shooting that that's one of the things that would take away so uh, Hornacek Hornacek, Hornacek I don't know, like I said, he won't help Porzingis Perzingis gets double-teamed almost all the time. If if they had some outside shooting, they could open up the court a little bit. Hardaway spreads that. I'll give him credit for that. So
0: you see some classic breakdown Knicks analysis from the the Godfather. You heard it here first, Sports World.